and welcome back to the show. We are excited to have the Family Collective here joining us. Yes, Diane Arnold is back joining us here today from Charleston, South Carolina as a licensed professional counselor specializing in mental health and relationship concerns. And again, the website, thefamilycollective.co. How are you doing today? Great, Jill. How are you doing? Great. Pleasure to have you back here on the show. I know your goal is to help create healthy families, marriages, and of course, using psychology principles you mentioned with the power of God's timeless truth. So the Family Collective offers several online courses, books, workbooks, groups, individual help and sessions as well to really help those heal and restore. Um, So for those of you that may not know, again, Diane Arnold here, thefamilycollective.co. Do you want to share a phone number or other form of contact before we uh, continue? Um, Info at thefamilycollective.co.co. Yes, that's the, the best way to, to connect with us. All right. And anything else you want to share about you and your company before we begin today's discussion? Um, thank you for the intro on that. You know, um, yes, I, I, I always get nervous because I am a mental health, you know, clinician, but we are talking about the, you know, the family collective and what our family started through a crisis in our own family and, as we were healing from that pain of, you know, abandonment, infidelity, betrayal, loss, just dysfunctional family dynamics, um, the Family Collective was born. And so it is a nonprofit whose main goal is to give back, give back to the culture, give back some hope, restoration. Um, its goal is to help restore as many families as it can. So through the materials I've had an amazing privilege of helping hundreds of couples and individuals and families. Um, And it's called a collective because we have produced and offered some excellent resources for people working through um, trials in their lives, in their families. But we also have opportunities for like-minded people to come alongside. Um, We have other companies that actually are with us on the Family Collective website um, with their materials also trying to work toward healing in the family. So we love what it's what it's doing and we thank you for this opportunity to talk about it. Great. Well, thank you so much for being here. I know you wanted to talk today a little more. Um, you know, we're going to get to, uh, to talk about faith as well as the isolated brain and our mental health. So, you know, you talked about loneliness in these notes and isolation and, of course, the epidemic of loneliness, which I think grew greater with the pandemic. Uh, what did you want to share about loneliness in general with our audience today? So if <clears throat> I would start by saying this, if you're a leader in any capacity, whether it be your workplace, your um, your school, your yourself, even your home, this half hour is for you, because what Jill said is really true. We're we're at a place in culture right now where, because we have been told it's safe to isolate, and I'm not arguing with that, you know, with COVID, um, that that we have started to change. And one of the things that can come out of that is discord. (laughs) And we are all reeling from violent, tragic results. You know, when someone decides to act out their perceived grievances in a very public way. And I think it's important for us to know that we can do something about ourselves. 
we can't, we may or may not have the capacity to do something about all the issues, you know, um, in culture, but we can do something about how we look at it. You know, we have a world, and I know you would agree, Jill, that choosing sides on almost every issue automatically makes you become an enemy or politically incorrect, you know, and it just reminds us weekly how disconnected we may have come or become as culture. And it's a hard fact that according to our human makeup, if we want to grow and transform and change, we must stay connected, even with those we disagree So in light of the recent trends, we're experiencing what social science calls an epidemic of isolation. And I can talk with you a little bit about, um, you know, what that consists of. Yeah, please. Absolutely. Let's go down the list and share more details. Thank you. Okay. Well, you've heard of Cigna. The big insurance, one of the big insurances co- companies. Yeah, years ago, I remember I had Cigna. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So right before COVID, they did this m- massive mega study on Americans and what was going on. You know, they were starting to get hit with all the mental um, health issues, and what they found was some pretty um, stark facts about us as people in this country that. of us report feeling lonely, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, feeling left out. Um, 43% feel isolated from others or say they lack friends. Mm -hmm. 27% of Americans, that's a quarter of over a quarter of us rarely feel like people understand them or that their relationships have any meaning. Mm -hmm. Now it's, it's hot. These numbers are hard because you know we we look around and we think that everybody's got somebody all you got to do is look at social media right everybody's connected um and these numbers they get higher or worse with younger people the gen z's the millennials are reporting even you know higher numbers of loneliness isolation on, on any kind of a loneliness scale it one thing that's kind of interesting is the older generations um like boomers mm-hmm. those who experience more time one on one in social interactions are actually likely to feel more connected to people okay. Okay. so why does this why does this matter um i think there are a couple big reasons um alienation if you look it up in a dictionary it's um it's described as becoming withdrawn and lethargic and often that people who are like that can react with hostility and violence. And um, we know that we've experienced that in the past few decades, like we've never seen before, or at least I never saw, you know, growing up. And there's um, a leading psychologist. His name is Rollo May. If you want to look him up, he says violence is the ultimate destructive substitute that fills the vacuum when there is no relatedness. That it's sometimes a desperate last ditch attempt to break out of this state of isolation. Okay. So let's think of it with the ramifications in our society today. So I want to explain a little bit what happens to your brain. Uh, So in short, or the Cliff Notes version is our brain goes into self 
preservation mode. Okay. Meaning we, you, we get, when we're lonely, we get, you know, self-conscious and we want to take care of ourselves. That, that just makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. You know, but from brain imaging studies, we find out that the region of the brain that processes information becomes more active. Um, meaning if you are sitting in a dark cave, pretend you're sitting in a dark cave, right? Okay. When that part becomes more heightened, you're looking for danger, which you would. If you're sitting in a dark cave, you'd be looking for something that moved, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're looking for is, am I, am I having any problems? So when I'm in this lonely state or this isolated state, the part of my, you know, visual acuity that goes up, I'm looking for danger. Okay. But while that's happening, the the area responsible for compassion and human responsiveness, empathy becomes less active. Why? Because I think we're in survival mode. At that point, you know, when I'm in an isolated state, I'm centered on my own needs. And I have very little time for the problems of others. Right? True. Yeah. And even in that case, you know, if I'm in this dark cave and and you decide to come and have, you know, a friendship with me. You come to the mouth of my cave. Here's how, you know, the the relatedness that Rollo May talks about or the not relatedness. What happens is I'm not going to let you in. I, at that point, I my brain has actually changed to the point that, you know, I'm not sure that you're a friend. In fact, you might be an enemy, right? So simply we're just not designed to be solitary creatures this isn't normal human behavior for us so i'm going to go back to your question about covid can you see how it had ramifications that none of us even knew you know we're going on we were told to keep safe and to you know stay away from all of the humans not understanding that it actually was changing how we interact and one of the things when I was doing this research, I found I found that was kind of neat was we are created to survive in community, just as humans. Um, and the word means common unity, community. You know, so we're we're created to thrive with bonds that benefits both parties. And bottom line, we don't do well when we're alone. In the absence of social connection or the absence of bonding, the same primal alarm that goes off that tells us we're thirsty or hungry um, or have, you know, physical pain somewhere, that same alarm goes off when we're feeling isolated, when our brain gets into this space. So um, it's a place where we need to be very conscious as humans. And I want to get in a, in a little bit on some things that we can do, but there was a really interesting study. If you don't mind me telling you about these kids, it sure. made me feel, it made me feel bad actually for these kids. <laughs> if you're, if you're thinking about, you know, middle school, okay, they got five um, children to toss a ball around mm-hmm. and they wired up their bodies and their brains for looking for these emotional responses, right? And at one point, they told four of the players 
to exclude the fifth player, you know, to just quit tossing the ball to him or her. And what was fascinating was the brain of that player that was excluded. His data registered at the same level of change or never or negative responses, someone who had been physically beaten, not just emotionally excluded. Mm -hmm. Right. So when he was asked to join the game again, just like our example of the cave, he was very hesitant to risk that connection. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of what we're taking a look at is, you know, where are we at with that? Or where are if you look at our numbers, almost half of America at with those. It's also very interesting that if if you would take a Tylenol when this happens, when this emotional disconnection happens, it actually responds the same way. It, because it because loneliness triggers this those neural pathways, mm-hmm. you can actually take a Tylenol and and you will feel better. yeah right (laughs) isn't that like weird Uh I know so I was like huh you know so um it's it's just that kind of important to know you know that it is essential to who we are as humans that you do you remember that you you're not old enough to remember that but that there was a bell telephone commercial or reach out and touch somebody it's important that that we do actually as part of who we are, have those connections. Yeah, yeah I feel like I feel like I'm being like a bear of bad news, but I want <laughs> I want us to, you know, kind of look at some of the consequences of actually we get stuck in, as leaders mm-hmm. in this in this cycle really really, you know, in a hard way. One of the people that has done a bunch of um, articles on this is actually fortune magazine mm-hmm. because they understood, you know, that um, this can be a problem, you know, with uh, people that are constantly, you know, put on a pedestal and told, you know, to act or look a certain way and where they don't have the outlets, you know, of community. Mm-hmm. Um. I want to I want to say just a little bit about that what this does to our physical because we have such a healthy society right now right it's organic and green everything and I I I hope that people hear this and understand that this is doing as much or more harm to us you know bottom line it um it increases our vascular resistance. It means that's what moves the blood to the muscles and the heart, which is what happens if you were being chased by a bear. It's a good thing. You should run. You should get out of there. But if you live like that on a normal day, it has, you know, negative reactions to you, like high blood pressure. It'll increase your baseline levels of cortisol, that stress hormone. Um, And if you increase that in in research in animals, you know, that that's really hard on your organs. Um, It messes with our REM sleep. Uh, It's linked to, I hate to say all this, but cancer, depression, diabetes, (laughs) high blood pressure, suicide, it weakens our immune systems. Bottom line, 
it's it's rough on us when we're not, you know, in connection. It is worse for us than smoking 15 cigarettes a day. Wow. Wow. <laughs> right? And it will increase um, our chances of early death by 26% when our brain goes into this mode. So it's really important. Like I said, we we hear all that's going on out there. And I'm like, okay, people need to understand that a lot of the increase in our mental health, you know, especially, you know, when we had to take the precautions we did in COVID, you know, are due to what's happening a little bit here. Yeah. So let's look at two major causes. One, I think is United States in its own is a fairly individualistic culture, right? We all have one, we all have one house and we all have one shovel and one garage and, you know, a couple cars. And we kind of, we're not much on being community like some other cultures in the world. Mm -hmm. And then we have seen one of the biggest rises of, of technology um, in the last decade than we've seen, you know, in the last hundred years. And these things are great. Like Facebook is amazing if you're using it as, as a way to connect. If it, it, you're using it as your only connection, then we could be in a bad place. We could be in a bad place. In fact, um, Facebook came out with a press release and said when people spend a lot of time consuming just Facebook information and not interacting with people, they could feel worse afterwards. Mm -hmm. And they're right. You know, so real people need to connect with real people in real time. And it's harder, messier, riskier, but ultimately, you know, it's what we're made for. And it is actually what will release healthy hormones to our bodies that allow us to feel better physically. Interesting. Uh, by the way, I just want to remind everyone, uh, Diane, how do we reach you? People tuning in and out just want to make sure they understand that they can reach you at the Family Collective. How? Yep. Um, at the website is thefamilycollective.co. And if you have any specific questions, info at thefamilycollective.co. Perfect. Thank you so much. All right. Let's continue. We still have five minutes left in the show, just letting you know where we are on time. Okay. So what okay. else did you want to get to? Well, I Tim Keller, if you've ever heard of him, he has an amazing quote. And I just, I want to say it. Um, it, it to be loved but not known is comforting but superficial. Mm-hmm right? Not somebody doesn't deeply know me. To be known and not loved is our greatest fear. But to be fully known and truly loved is a lot like being loved well by a person and by God. And I think that's what I'm after here is someone connects with us, knows us, and um, uh, loves us despite, you know, in spite of sometimes. There was a community in Italy. Do you know where Sardinia, Italy is? No, I, I mean, I live, no, I don't. I've never been there. <laughs> I could look yeah. at a map. Yeah. Just this, the, this little area. And they had built um, their community like a hub, like a wheel hub, meaning if I wanted to go visit you, I had to go through the middle. You know, if I wanted to go get groceries, I had to go through the middle. If I want to go, you know, everything caused you to have to interact with somebody in the community because you'd walk, you know, you'd walk or ride by them. And their 
They have literally no physical problems. The average age of the human in that community is 100. <laughs> you know, like nobody has eye problems. Nobody has hearing problems. It's just amazing to see, you know, what happens to our health when we can do this. Mm-hmm. So I just want to throw out a couple more things. If you know this is you, this is some things that um, you know you struggle with. These might be hard, but just consider them, you know, experience more, you know, do something creative, you know, go to a class, you know, paint, sing, you know, do something that, you know, allows you to have an experience. Um, purposely go to an event and don't take your phone. I know that sounds crazy, but you know, not looking for the perfect photo. It Just take it off your list. You're going and you're just going to enjoy the event. Um, when we interact with people, the statistics say we need to give it seven minutes to actually have a healthy conversation. <laughs> and most of us do not make seven minutes. <laughs> it's probably three comments back and forth, you know. So it's like give it time for you to actually interact. Right. And we talked about this, actually have time with someone, not just, you know, cruising, you know, online where they have been. Um, We as uh, um, the Family Collective offer an online marriage group. And often when we start these groups, you know, people are coming for help with their, you know, with their communication, with their intimacy intimacy or something but it's interesting that one of the top things they all want is community mm-hmm. you know so that's an option you know um one thing that um i loved when i looked at the research it said you know show your love and respect through a verbal comment or an action or even a card <laughs> rather than just texting someone and the, and the reason for that is texting is 20% effective commu- good communication. How is that? Yeah. <laughs> right? Perfect. Good way to yeah. close us out. Yeah. 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 So um, those are just a few things that we could do um, to, to work on this if you know that you're stuck in this. Yeah. And Diane, are you there? Yeah. <laughs> there was just a I was. Um, I was. It's hard to see because we can't see each other. I was. I wanted to stop and let if you see if you had any questions. Uh, well, I, unfortunately, I, I have to. We're out of time. It's ten thirty, so we have to wrap it up. So I don't even have time to talk more. But and then there's more that you wanted to get to for today. We'll have to save some of it for our next show. But thank you for sending over the specifics. I think it's important. Um, just to leave off with your listeners today, how did you want to kind of sum up today's conversation? Well, that you know we we want you to be a part of community. If you're struggling with that. You know, um, we have a bunch of resources on our website. We have um, the the marriage community group, or we will try to get you connected. Perfect. And remind us how we can reach out to you. And what states are you licensed to work in? I am. So the Family Collective is in international. We have a huge um, group in in um, Brazil and South America and throughout the whole United States because it's basically an online resource. You know, me as an individual counselor, I am licensed in South Carolina. 
but this is not individual counseling. These are resources yeah. that are, Anyone. you know, online. Yeah. Right. Thank you so much. We appreciate your time here, being here. And if someone does want to reach out to you, would you mind sharing again all forms of contact? Yes. Um, thefamilycollective.co or info at thefamilycollective.co. We'd love to hear from you. Great. Thank you again.